This is the Living Out Podcast, and I'm Darren Steele. I help gay men explore their unique and vital role in society towards the outcome of leading others in creating a more balanced, evolved, and humane world. So I'm going to be talking about LGBTQ topics, social justice, and personal growth on this podcast. Now, today, I'm talking about reluctance, the reluctance to be a gay leader and completely embracing my gay spirit. And I'm going to explain what I mean by both of those things, gay leadership and gay spirit. Now, I mentioned at the end of the last podcast, living out leadership for gay men. This is a program that I am working on at the moment. It's going to be a small mastermind where just a small number of gay men can come together to go deep into what are our unique gifts, insights, qualities as gay men that can help us be better leaders in creating evolutionary change. Now, basically, we bring a lot to the world and we need to own it more. We have an opportunity to bring a greater balance and empathetic approach to leadership to show, or for gay men to show other men how they can lead in a way that's more inclusive and not as divisive. We can be that bridge between the misguided, far too masculine, too toxic, too aggressive, too combative, too too much armor kind of leadership that we're currently seeing in the world today, but also just to be better people. And I was having a networking meeting, catching out with someone I hadn't seen with, uh, seen for probably a year and a half, and he was wanting to know what I was up to, and I was explaining this leadership idea for gay men that I that I have, and, and he's a straight Asian man, and he said to me, "But we're all just people," and he meant it in the best way possible because he, I know him; he's accepting, he's loving, he's kind. He's in the healthcare industry, so he knows about uh, tuning into people's emotions and helping them understand uh, understand their body from the inside out, so that they can help him heal themselves on the physical level. But on the one level, yes, we need more people like that who say yes, but we're all just people. But on the other level, this is not to create identity politics. This is not to create division through difference. This is about celebrating uniqueness and looking at without saying definitively but saying perhaps more in a collective way from an observational perspective, gay men have a gay spirit. Not all of them, because, you know, not everyone who might say they are a gay man is going to say that they have this. We're all on different paths. We're all out to different extents. But for those of us who really embrace the gay identity and the belonging to call it a gay collective or wanting to take part in gay culture 
or the gay scene and however that might look, whether that be going out to places where other gay men are going to be found, gay bars or restaurants or a part of the city, if it happens to have uh, you know, more of a gay-friendly area or an art exhibition by an out gay man or whatever the case may be. A gay spirit speaks to the vitality that gay men possess, which is palpable, but defies easy description. So that is a quote from Raymond Rigoglioso and his book, Gay Men and the New Way Forward. And I've mentioned his book a number of times. I've taken his five-month program, Gay Men of Wisdom. And it was an interesting discussion uh, maybe about two months ago when we were talking about gay spirit and, and what exactly is gay spirit. And we don't mean spirit here in a religious or, or spiritual sense, more that and I'm going to have to be vague, that je ne sais quoi, that we can't quite put our finger on it, but when we put a whole bunch of gay men together, you can witness a difference in the way that gay men interact. There's a youthful exuberance of vitality, regardless of age. A lot of gay men seem to show this fun playful energy. And I think that comes from a number of different things. For for one thing, many gay men don't have children. If, if like for myself, when I came out at uh, 18, 19 years old, um, maybe for the first decade towards 30, I was considering, do I want to have children? But I never have. And having kids is a, a massive, massive, life-changing exercise that that changes you and also in some ways makes you age very quickly because of lack of sleep and stress and worry and also forces you to slow down in certain ways to always be attentive to this young, helpless, completely defenseless human being that you have to take care of for many years before they can first go out on their own to school. It's a huge commitment. So while a lot of people who have kids, and I'm not just going to say straight people, but a lot of people who have kids then, they might leave some of the aspects of cultural play, cultural, artistic Interest. Now, I'm not saying that people who have kids aren't going to go out to the art gallery or aren't going to have a night of fun. Some of them do. Some of them are very, are very cognizant of not wanting to become um, trapped in the suburbs. But put a bunch of gay men together in a room and you'll notice. You'll notice something different than if you put the same number of straight men together in a room or the same number of straight women together in a room. Now, in The New Way Forward by Rigo Glioso, he talks about an example of walking down the beach somewhere in the United States and seeing the distinct difference between the straight part of the beach and what's known as the gay part of the beach. Well, here in Toronto, we have something called Toronto Island, and then there's Hanlon's, Hanlon's Point Beach, and there's a clothing optional section. For a while, I used to call it the straight optional section. 
And it's been very hedonist for many years. Straight, gay, all matter of gender and sexual identity. No, nothing definitive. Everybody goes there and and feels relaxed. And over the years, the beach has really evolved, I think, in part because of the the hedonist group of individuals that go there, but also because of the gay cultural influence. It was last year, my partner and I are walking down the beach, just looking at the sights, and the beach is crammed. There are blankets on the beach. There are umbrellas. People bring their umbrellas. You'll see people come with grocery carts, and they've got their chairs attached to it and their blankets. They've got a cooler. They've got cases of beer. They've got mix. Some people come with goblets and wine glasses, like the real deal glass. They bring their bottle openers, their corkscrews. You've got people that come in with like speakers that weigh 50 pounds, and they're doing music from their Wi-Fi, and it's a party, and it's crazy. Sometimes it's like, oh my God, I just want to relax and have a quiet time on the beach, but come about three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon in July and August, it's hopping. And about 4 p.m., everybody's standing up and they're talking, and everybody's looking cute in their Speedos, and everything's becoming cliquey. And so we're walking along, and I'm like, what, what, what? How do we define this? It's so fascinating. And you'll see trans people feeling comfortable on the beach. You'll see drag queens. You'll see gay men acting more effeminate than you'll ever see them in public. You'll see gay men who act the same in public that they're acting right now on the beach. You'll hear laughter. You'll smell pot. It's so free and liberating. And that's another aspect of this. Gay spirit speaks to the vitality that gay men possess. This exuberance, this just playfulness. And it, you, I'm watching gay men who are 30, 40, 50, 60, even 70 on the beach, wearing tiny Speedos, acting like 16 and 17-year-olds, that playful flirtiness when they're looking another man up and down. It's like, hmm, you look really good today. Well, have you been taking care of yourself? There is a openness to compliment, to reflect on what someone is doing, to take care of themselves, an appreciation of bodies, and a much, at least on this beach in Toronto, a much greater acceptance of physical diversity. Now, it's not perfect. It's absolutely not perfect, but it is something so unique. And I would call it queer because of the mix of individuals who aren't just gay, but how everyone comes together and expresses outside of the status quo something that you'd never see on a different beach in Toronto. And I'll just think, for example, the beaches in Toronto, which is as a gorgeous boardwalk, and that happens to be very heavily populated with family. Um, and people will come for their picnics and they'll come with their barbecues and things like that. But it's very normal, very status quo. Everything sort of looks the same. You can expect to see a family, a small family, a large family. You see all the normal stuff. But you get to Hanlon's point, 
and you'll see something that you've never seen before. I can't give you an example, but you'll just see something like what you've never seen before. You're like, okay, here we go. This is this incredible gay spirit. And another quote from Ray talks about the close relationship between gay men's exuberant spirit and our expression of sexuality and sensuality. Well, further down the beach are, I'll I'll call them straight because, you know, there are many hedonists that come to the beach that are very sexually open-minded, but generally they're straight and they're nudists. And they tend to be just like more calmer. They're hanging out. They're doing their thing. They may be heading out to the bushes to have some group fun, or they're just hanging out in the freedom of being nude. And I don't know what they do after, but it is just much more subdued. They're clearly having fun, and they're enjoying each other's company, and people have got drinks in hand, and maybe they're smoking pot, but it's subdued. It's not sad. It's not depressed. It's not angry. It's just more relaxed turn around and go back to the gay section, and it's just people laughing and cackling, and it's this expression of joy. And as Ray says, joy unleashes love, and that love diminishes division and creates wholeness. On those gorgeous, perfect weather, sunny afternoons, on a summer weekend on Hanlon's, you mostly see joy. You see this release. You don't see division. You see straights mixing with the LGBT community. You see people in bathing suits or some form of clothing with people who are completely nude. You see people playing dress up. You see a big bear of a man who's really hairy and has got a big furry beard wearing a tiny Speedo with a little bit of a tummy hanging over wearing a women's sun hat. You see this complete playfulness that you can't help yourself but to smile and to laugh and to come back to the beginning of this about living out leadership and and facing the reluctance to be seen. So in our safe spaces, in a bar or on Hanlon's Point in Toronto, where we have the numbers to feel safe, what would it be like, though? And of course, we're not going to have a party everywhere. We're not going to have a gay party in the boardroom when we're making a big decision that's involving millions or billions of dollars. But how can we see the reluctance to be seen in the rest of society in in these other places that are deemed status quo or unaccepting or so normalized and laden with tradition that we can't break out and be the best of who we are within those situations. I was having this conversation with someone like, what would happen if you could be fully your gay self? That you didn't have to hide how you spoke or your mannerisms. That if you tended to be someone who was a little bit more expressive of certain so-called feminine characteristics or energies, that instead of masking those at work, you embodied them and embraced them and used them. Well, many of us have a fear of if I allow that side of myself 
out, I'll be passed over for a promotion, or I could get fired, or people will disassociate from me, and then we'll have that division, and then we'll have that discord. So we pay a price as gay men and other members of the LGBTQ larger communities. We pay a price for our energy, for revealing, embracing, and expressing openly our gay spirit. But the world needs us. The world needs this expression of uniqueness and difference and joy and vitality, which is really important when I hear, oh, but we're all just people. That the the foundation of that expression is one of acceptance, but it's missing the greater good that comes from embracing the gifts that we have and living through our gifts. So there are some barriers to be broken down in the world around, you know, you get this job or you go into this kind of work or this kind of business, you're supposed to follow the leader, follow the um, company culture. You're not supposed to act in a way outside of the norm, literally like, if you're working at GM, I, I, I can't remember the colors, but I think it was all blue suits. Or if you were working at IBM, it was all black suits. Well, first of all, that's an interesting example, because why do men in these positions all have to wear the same fucking goddamn boring suit? Women have so much more freedom with what they are allowed to wear. Yes, sometimes there are restrictions on certain things. However... A dash of color, not needing to wear a suit jacket, wearing something that says, this is me. Just that is an example. You ever seen someone who's out and gay and maybe they're a model or maybe they're just, they've, they've, they're, they're, they're famous in some way and they've had to do a photo shoot for something and they've made them up and they've put them on clothes that really no straight man would ever wear, but you look at them and you're like, damn, that's a great looking outfit. I would have never put those colors together. Status quo, straight men don't wear colors. That expresses too much femininity. You know, that takes away your authority. To take this just a little further into the negative extreme, another quote, from Ray, it should come as no surprise that religious and cultural conservatives view joy, celebration, ecstasy, and exuberance as degenerate, for in their view, they're right. Gay spirit undermines patriarchal power structures, and that's exactly what I'm talking about here. The patriarchy, the old boys' network, just take a look at the state of the union that happened on Tuesday night. The one side of the chamber the GOP, the good old party, all, generally speaking, old white men in their suits. And then what did we see on the Democratic side? Diversity, skin color difference, and then a large group of women wearing white in support of the suffragette or in, or in memory of the suffragette movement. It was so beautifully stated without having to use words. Break down the status quo. And it's going to take trailblazers 
queer men, gay men, (laughs) trailblazing through to say, no, this is not acceptable anymore. It may mean that I'm not going to get exactly what I want in my career, but I'm going to be a change maker. And the more of us that do it, this is the thing. There's always power in numbers. And this is why we need to express together in an exuberant, in a supportive, in a joyful, in a fun, in a playful way, while still being our best selves in whatever work we're doing so that we can affect this change. And to wrap it all up and bring it back to the beginning again, that's what my living out leadership mastermind is going to be all about for gay men to explore their unique and vital role in society towards the outcome of leading others in creating a more balanced, evolved, and humane world. And the way I'm talking more about this mastermind program is inviting you to a conversation. So head on over to darrensteel.com coaching. Please read through what that's all about, because that has to appeal to you. Click on the button to request a discovery call with me. There's a questionnaire, and I have some really important questions that will help you think about what's most important to you. And then we'll sit down virtually and have a chat and find out if this is a fit for you, if this would help you to live out the best of who you are. Be well and speak with you next time.